Thank God for his anointing here this morning. Thank God for our amazing pastors, amen, and the price that they've paid so that we can get together every week and enjoy God's anointing and his presence, amen. <clears throat> it's an honor uh, to share the word this morning uh, from this pulpit, and I count it a high honor, and I appreciate the opportunity, amen. You are a spirit. You have a mind, and you live inside that earthly body. Amen? The word of the Lord this morning is made in his image, made in his likeness. And Pastor Pam said it this morning during worship, said, you're not lacking anything. You have everything that you need on the inside of you to experience victory in this life and the next. You already have it, and it's your spirit on the inside of you that's been made in his image and in his likeness. <laughs> I'm going to turn forward a couple pages here. So Joe had my Bible on the way to church this morning, one of the twins, and, uh, I, and I felt like God told me something, and so I said, hey, Joe, write this down. And so he wrote it down, a couple of notes here, and then he grabbed my Bible, and on page three, he said, you're doing good. <laughs> uh, isn't that awesome? Thank you, Lord. Today is a day that you and I can defeat. We can put defeat and depression, loneliness, sin, regret, and fear behind us once and for all. Amen? We can put it in the rearview mirror. Let's all look in the rearview mirror this morning. Just wave it goodbye. Look up there. See you later. <laughs> put defeat, depression, loneliness, sin, regret, fear behind us. Because every day is a brand new day in the spirit. John 4.24 says, God is a spirit. That's what he is. He is a spirit. And Genesis 1.27 says, God created man in his own image. In his likeness. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female he created them. When I was young, used to get silly putty and take a quarter and put it on the silly putty and you'd have the image or the likeness of the quarter. Or you could even press it on the Sunday comics and, and peel up the silly putty and you'd have the, the image or the likeness that the silly putty was pressed onto. Well, we've been made in the image and likeness of our Heavenly Father. You the real you on the inside of you is made like him. <clears throat> what a blessing. What, I was thinking about this the other day. God is so kind to us to uh, give us the opportunity to have children that are made in our likeness, that look like us. It's amazing. He's so kind that he would that he would uh, do that for us. And I was thinking about our, the real us, and we've been made in his image and in his likeness. We look just like him, our spirit. Amen? 2 Timothy 1.7 shows us what this spirit is comprised of. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
But this spirit that he breathed on the inside of us and made in his image, this spirit, the real you, is a spirit of power. It's a spirit of love. And it's a sound mind. All of us. Made in his image. And I think it's so cool because in that particular verse, it's little s. It's little s. So it's, it's you on the inside. It's not the Holy Spirit who comes to dwell. We know that he's amazing. We know he's awesome. Right? But this particular verse has little s. God has not given you a spirit of fear. The real you on the inside of you. It's not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of, and he shows us who we are. And he shows us what we're like. It's a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 and 17 says, We have known and believed. Everybody say known. And believed. We have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, uh, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. We are not God, but we are made in his likeness. And as he is, we are in this world. We have everything that we need on the inside of us to be victorious. We're not lacking in any area. You don't fall short in any area. You are a winner on the inside. Amen? Absolute winner. Victorious. Amen? Believe it this morning. That's what he says about you. The opinions of other members of the creation, they fall short of his opinion. <laughs> his opinion is what matters. You don't fall short. <clears throat> Our carnal mind may try to remind us that we don't measure up. It may try to remind us that we're temporary or, like they said in movie Christmas story, fragile. may try to remind you that you're fragile. <laughs> right? Our carnal mind may try to constantly remind us that we're fragile, but we don't focus on the temporary. Y'all remember that movie, right? That line goes, right? <laughs> try to remind us that we're fragile, but we're not. We've been made in the very image of God, and our spirit on the, on the inside of us is forever, it's eternal. And we don't focus on the temporary, we focus on the eternal. That's where the victory is. Our spirit, made in the image and likeness of Almighty God, will live forever. When our body expires, everybody's focused on the body, on the earth, it seems like, right? What's it look like? Is it the right shape? Is it the right color? Is it tall enough? Is it short enough? How much does the body weigh? You know? What does the body feel like? What does the body want to do? Everybody's focused on the body. But our focus needs to be on the spirit, on the inside. Amen? Amen. When our body expires, our spirit simply slips out of our body. And the, the Apostle Paul said to be absent from the body 
The born-again spirit is present with the Lord forever. <laughs> Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally, carnally minded or temporary minded or bodily minded or fleshly minded or circumstance minded. He said to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded, to be inside out minded is life and it's peace. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but the spirit that he gave us, the spirit that's in us, that's made in his likeness, is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of love. There's no fear in God. He has no fear whatsoever. Zero. He's not the author of fear. Fear is the complete opposite of faith and the total and complete opposite of love. There's no fear in him. And your spirit is made like him. And there's no fear in that spirit that he made in his likeness. Amen? <clears throat> Can you imagine from this day forward, you and I, never afraid again, Never afraid of anyone, never afraid of any situation, never afraid of any circumstance, never afraid of anything, not afraid of what people say, not afraid of what people think, not afraid of failing, not afraid of our past, not afraid of our future, not afraid of bugs. I had a bug in the house this morning, and I had my headphones on and worshiping and looking things over, and Kelly came in real peaceful. She goes, there's a bug in the front room. I said, are you afraid of it? She goes, no, just don't like it. I said, okay, I'll get it. <laughs> as long as you're not afraid of it, I'll kill it. <laughs> Nobody likes bugs. Nobody likes spiders. Well, some people do. Entomologists, I suppose, right? But we don't have to be afraid of them. Don't have to be afraid of heights. Don't have to be afraid of darkness. Can you imagine never being afraid? Again, for the rest of our life, never being afraid. Fear has to do with self-preservation. Fear has to do with what about me? What's going to happen to me? What am I going to lose? What are they going to think about me? Love is all about what does God want to do through me to help others? And it has nothing to do about me. Amen? Willing to do anything God tells us to do. Go anywhere, say anything, approach any person, never afraid of a, a situation. That's the spirit that's inside of you that's been made in his image. We all recognize that elephants only give birth to little elephants and giraffes only give birth to giraffes, dogs to dogs, so on for every type of living creature, right? So science, science told us that, uh, that this genetic code, it's contained in DNA, right? And my daughter, uh, she's over in Blaze. I wish she was here because she's like a science genius. And so I was talking about this last night, and she just goes, do, 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 just rattles off all the scientific 
definition because I can barely pronounce the word, but here it is. Deoxyribonucleic acid. My wife actually said it last night. She just, what's that called? DNA. Yeah, yeah, what's that? The big word, the big word. Deoxyribonucleic acid, you said it. How impressive is that? I said DNA, and last night she just goes deoxyribonucleic acid. I said, wow, because I haven't thought about that in a long time. Okay. DNA is a nucleic acid that contains the genetic instructions for the development and function of all living things. The main role of DNA in the cell is the long-term storage of information. Deoxyribonucleic acid, or DNA, is a molecule that contains the instructions that an organism needs to develop, live, and reproduce. These instructions are found inside every cell. So even when you touch something, embarrassed to say, we watched forensic files a couple times, but if you touch something, DNA is left on the surface that you touch because it's your, your genetic code is contained in every cell of the organism. <clears throat> it's a self-replicating material. And uh, getting lost in the science here. It's present in nearly all living organisms as the main constituent of chromosomes. It is the carrier of genetic information. And now, in a definition that I can understand, it's the fundamental and distinctive characteristics or qualities of someone or something, especially when regarded as the characteristics which are unchangeable. That's DNA. Where did you get your DNA? You got it from your earthly parents. Okay, so I have a picture of DNA. So the picture on the left is the scientific model. It's called a double helix. Here's another, another uh, scientific model of it. And here's an actual under microscope picture of human DNA. And this is why our hair is brown and our eyes are a certain color because this genetic code was passed down from our earthly parents. DNA is made up of molecules called nucleotides. Each nucleotide contains a phosphate group, a sugar group, and a nitrogen base. The four types of nitrogen bases are adenine, thymine, guanine, and cytosine. And the order of these bases is what determines the DNA's instructions or genetic code that determines your physical makeup. I think it's amazing because this is all about the body, the body's DNA. And in 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul gave us our spiritual DNA that we got from our heavenly father. Our spirit on the inside of us has a genetic code. And every word revealed by the Holy Spirit through the writers of the Old and New Covenant, I believe are specific. And so I don't think Paul just grabbed three random words when the Holy Spirit revealed 2 Timothy 1.7 through him. Amen? <clears throat> and here's what he said. Here's the genetic code 
of your spirit on the inside. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Your spirit is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That's the real you on the inside of you. You have everything you need to win in this life and the next. Amen? God is awesome. He's amazing. We are not him, but we are made in his image and his likeness. So these three characteristics, just want to dig into them for a moment. And we're going to add some motions to it, if you don't mind, this morning. All right? I think it might help us to remember. Say, I, I have, have a, spirit. a spirit. Here's the motion. Of power. Of power. Well, let's do it together now. I have a spirit of power. And love. I'm sorry, we're going to do this until Mark participates. <laughs> he doesn't want to. Because the DNA, the DNA inherited by his parents made him not want to do these kind of things. <laughs> Sorry. All right, here we go. God has given me a spirit of, here we go, power, love, and a sound mind. <laughs> Amen. Tell the person next to you, you are powerful. In order to win in this life, in order to win on a daily basis, in order to overcome defeat, in order to overcome disappointment, because defeat and disappointment, they'll come our way, won't they? They'll come our way. In order to overcome, in order to recover, we need to have power. Amen? Power to overcome, power to get back up, power to rise up again, even after we experience defeat and disappointment, because they will come. And we have to have something on the inside of us that enables us and empowers us to overcome. And we have it. And it's our spirit that's been made in his image. It's a spirit of power. It's your spiritual DNA. The um, Greek definition of power, it's, it's dunamis, and it's force, miraculous power, ability, abundance, might, worker of miracles, strength, and mighty, wonderful works. In the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 17, Jesus began to um, distribute or empower the, his first his disciples, right? And, and he said, the 70 returned with joy. And they said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, Jesus takes them all the way back to the beginning. And he shows them like this amazing truth. Yeah, demons are subject to you because I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then Mark, six, uh, Mark 16, verses 17 and 18, he has a promise for us. He says, these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. We had a situation the other day in our house, and Kelly stood up, and she said, in the name of Jesus. And the whole situation just went, zip. She said, in the name of Jesus, and I prayed in the Spirit for about three seconds. 
And the five-minute situation came to an end. Sam had a fever, and he was dreaming. And I've had a long testimony that our kids have never had bad dreams. He had been laying on the couch for about 24 hours, Friday to Saturday, right? Yeah. And I don't know. We didn't even take his fever. We just, okay, Sam, you'll be fine. We were kind of not paying much attention to him. And then he got up, and he was hallucinating, like having a crazy dream about something. And his body was extremely hot, sweating profusely, and he was not acting like his calm, peaceful self. It was, wasn't a good situation. And uh, Kelly came down the basement. We were watching basketball. And she said, can you come up? I think I need some help with Sam here. And, and she doesn't normally ask for anything like that. I came up, and he was acting so different. It was very bizarre. And uh, so she started to go near him, and he started backing away. And she said, in the name of Jesus. And I said, toko atanamana sata. And then he said, whew. And he hugged her. <clears throat> There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've been given a spirit of power on the inside. And we're going to need it for daily circumstances and situations that try to come against us and confront us. Amen. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I tell our young people um, on the golf team, I say, you know what? What's the most important shot, kids? And we talk about putting a lot, and they say, the putt. Nope. What's the most important shot? Well, the drive. Let's hit it long and straight. Nope. What's the most important shot? Well, the approach shot, so you can put it close to the pin, so hopefully you can putt in one and definitely putt in two and get off the green with a par. What's the most important shot? None of those things. The most important shot is always the next shot. Amen? This spirit on the inside that God has put in us, made in his image, always allows us to see the next shot. Amen? It enables us to recover quickly. Recover quickly after defeat and disappointment and get right back on our feet and live to fight another day amen yes. told our young people on on and i had people comment after games they say boy the kids don't look like they have any reaction after a make or a miss they just go to the next play and um because from the very beginning we shoot a lot in our practices, take lots and lots, we, lots of shooting practice. Because how do you win? Ball's got to go in the basket. So you better know how to shoot. So we shoot a ton. Run and work on defense, fine. We're going to shoot. <laughs> right? So I, I encourage the kids. I, I say, no reaction. So since first grade, we've been telling this group this. And now they're in seventh grade. No reaction. Make or miss. You miss that shot, everybody's missed a shot. Go on to the next one. Get the rebound. Shoot it again. You make the shot, no, none of this. None of that. Act like you've done it before, right? Go on to the next one. No reaction. This spirit on the inside of us doesn't make us emotionless because those emotions are from him, but it, he allows us to control those emotions. Amen? And keep them in check keep them in check and put our spirit in, in charge, 
keep our body under, keep our mind renewed and our emotions in check, and so we don't have this huge, wild fluctuations to circumstances in life. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. We're not up and down. Amen? Consistent and steady. No reaction to good shots. No reaction to bad shots. Move on to the next shot and win again. Amen? All right. Tell the person next to you, you are powerful. And we're all still working on this. Amen? <laughs> I've totally figured it out. Not. See my wife laugh. Oh. That's the hardest thing about preaching. Oh, you got to live it. Am I right? That, that is the hardest thing. That's the hardest thing. Preaching is the easy part. Amen. His yoke is easy and his burden's light. Amen. Stay on the positive. All right, here's Joe's note. You're doing good. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Joe. Tell the person next to you, you are powerful. The second part of our spiritual DNA is it, we're full of his love. Amen. We're full of his love. Our godly spiritual DNA never causes us to re retreat to self-preservation. Rather, we live our lives to minister grace and healing and restoration to others. And that's where the victory is found. Zero self-preservation. May I ask you a question? Is there anything in you that would hinder you from getting up here and sharing this morning? So I couldn't do that. Wouldn't want to do that. Well, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about what he wants to do through us. Amen? It's not about self-preservation. How would we look? What would they think? What if I fail? What if I screw up? It's not about you or me. It's about what God wants to do through us. And that's why there's no fear in love, because that when we're motivated by love, we're motivated by serving others, and then we get rid of self-preservation, and what about me? Amen? Simply seeing ourselves as a vessel that God ministers love to other people. <clears throat> That's the DNA of your spirit, his love. God's interest is taking care of people. His heart is to protect people. His heart is to provide for people. Therefore, when you and I connect with his love, that spiritual DNA in us, we're going to have the same motive. Amen? Fear will find no place in us when we see him alone as our source of encouragement, of reinforcement. Amen? Fear will have no place in us if we don't look to people as our source. We all want to hear good things about ourselves. But if we get locked up in what others are thinking or saying about us, we'll be locked up in fear. He has to be our source. Pastor Pam said it this morning during worship that our identity is found in him. I'm sure you've all seen the testimony of Nick Vojacek. He, he's a, uh, a man who was born with no arms and no legs. He, he has what he calls a flipper, just one flipper. 
and um, an amazing testimony. Wow. He's speaking to thousands and thousands of people um, around, around the, uh, the globe. And just a powerful testimony. And um, he has found his identity in who God made him. And it's such an amazing picture of spirit on the inside of a person and not being limited by this body that everybody's focused on. It's absolutely awesome. God has really been um, convicting me of uh, never saying negative words about people. Uh, and Pastor Bill said it earlier that, you know, people are so precious. It starts in the womb. Each person, unique and precious. Each person, every person on the planet, regardless of who they are or what they've done or the mistakes that they've made or, or what we think about them, all of them created, every person created by our loving Heavenly Father. And he holds each one, he holds each one as precious. Amen? He's been convicting me about never <clears throat> allowing a critical negative word to come out about people, any kind of people, any person, regardless of who they are or what position that they're in. Have you all watched sports radio or, yeah, sport, watch sports, uh, uh, sports talk TV? All it is is people arguing about and talking about other people. <laughs> Have you watched political TV lately? All it is is people saying terrible things about other people. And it's become commonplace in our culture. And the Lord has been convicting me about it. That don't talk about people. That people are precious. Don't say their name if you're not going to say something good about them. Don't say their name because a good name is better to be chosen than great riches. Their name, their very name is special to the Lord. So when you say their name and you attach judgment to it, if you think about our local court system, court is, or judgment is proclaimed with words spoken or words written. So when you and I write or speak words, we're in effect... If they're negative or critical, we're proclaiming judgment over people. And Jesus said, the same way you judge others, you are going to be judged yourself. The same standard to which you hold others, you will be held to that same standard. The same way you lay it out on other people, it's going to be laid out on you. Never talk negatively about other people. He just the last couple weeks, he's, the Holy Spirit has really been checking me on this. Referees, I'm not even, I know you're laughing, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Coaches, players, right? I was on, got on Facebook last night after the game. I'm having a hard time with the game, to be honest with you. I was like, I'm preaching tomorrow, are you kidding? I told Kelly, I said, I have not taken a loss this hard since I was, 
I think I was six years old and the Steelers beat the Cowboys. And I can remember that loss hurt me so bad as a little boy. I said, I'm taking this one hard like that. This one hurts. And so I got on Facebook and, and uh, really I have tremendous respect for Coach Painter and what he has done with this, this group, this team. Lost four starters and took these four new starters and just has really molded them together. And who else would have given Grady Eifert a chance to even play? And he puts Grady Eifert on the court, and that kid has done amazing this year. And just the, um, the selfless play of this team is just awesome. Each, each person so willing. It's tremendous leadership principles. Each person so willing to play their role. It's just absolutely awesome. And so I got on Facebook, and then I, this young person just started trashing on Coach Painter. So I had to start a conversation on Facebook at 11.40 p.m. That's not smart. So after I, I said, I think Coach Painter is, what I say? Terrific coach, wonderful coach. And then he fired back. Oh, Dan Peter, give me a break. And he starts jabbing. He said, look, at then he starts listening to all these negative things. And then I just said, nope. And I, I was trying to go to bed at the time, trying to go to sleep, right? And then my phone buzzes again, right? And he said, you're not even going to provide a, a comeback after you tell me he's a, I mean, what, what's your argument? I mean, and, anyway. So he's trying to like draw me in this argument, right? So I said, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm just not interested in discussing this subject. <laughs> See ya. That's all I said. And I unfriended him. All right. That's a true story. We got no time for negativity, man. It ain't happening on Facebook or whatever. If you're going to be negative on my Facebook, you are gone. I am not. You're not. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't say negative words about other people, ever. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good for necessary edification, so that it imparts grace to the people who hear it. Matthew 7, verses 2 and 3 says, With the same judgment that you judge others, you will be judged. With the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> we can be totally secure in the Father's love for us. And that will empower us and enable us to overcome fear. Look at the extravagant love that God has for us. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. We can be secure in the Father's love. That's our spiritual DNA. Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then Romans 8, 38 and 39. This is our spiritual DNA. We are secure in the Father's love. It says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, not things present, not things to come, not height, nor depth, nor any other created thing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. The security of this type of love is found in the DNA of your spirit that's made in his image. Amen? 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. God is love. And that likeness is in us. And the third thing is a sound mind. And in Greek, it's sophronismos. It means disciplined, self-control, and in moderation. 
A disciplined, self-controlled mind. You know, fear attacks the mind. That's where fear comes to attack. Fear doesn't attack the hand, right? Isn't it cool how Paul laid it out? You've not been given a spirit of fear. You've been given power, love, and a sound mind. And he didn't say a good knee or... Because fear doesn't attack the knee. Fear doesn't attack... Fear attacks the mind. Right? Well, thank God... 1 Corinthians 2.16, we've been given the mind of Christ. Your mind is not deficient in any manner. You have the mind of Christ. You have as good a mind as anyone who's ever walked the face of the earth. You have the mind of Christ. Jesus demonstrated a peaceful, disciplined, self-controlled mind. Peaceful, disciplined, and self-controlled. A great mind is not necessarily the ability to be good at math or remember a thousand facts. The mind of Christ gives us a peaceful, disciplined, self-controlled disposition. Different people have different gifts and abilities in the brain, right? You have a good mind. You know, memory is stored in the mind, and King Solomon says that the memory of the righteous is blessed. We have the mind of Christ. We have a sound mind. Your mind is not broken. You have the mind of Christ. Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally or fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Your spiritual DNA inherited from your heavenly Father is one of power, love, and a sound mind. This is your true identity. This is who you are. This is who I am. We are not our mistakes. We are not our past. We're not what our flesh wants us to do. We are power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? Let's all stand up this morning. Be encouraged and be strengthened this morning. You have the spiritual DNA and it came from your heavenly father. And you and I have everything that we need to live in victory today and in the future. Let's all bow our heads for just a moment if we could. I want to pray for you this morning. If you're here and you say, Pastor Bill, Pastor Pam, my life is not right. Maybe you're here this morning, you've gotten on the wrong path in life. Maybe you've never um, given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never made the decision to follow God. And um, the Apostle Paul calls it, or Jesus said, you have to be born again. Your spirit has to be born again. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never done that. There's a uh, song by Elevation Worship. It's a powerful song and it goes like this. It says, are you hurting and broken within? Are you overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling you. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. So come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today. There is no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows. Trade them for his joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought.
with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. All across the room here this morning, if that's you, could you slip your hand up in the air? Today is a new day for you. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? Anybody else here this morning? Say, so would you pray for me? Young lady who lifted your hand, would you mind coming down and meeting Chris down here? Come on down. Yeah, let's give her a hand this morning. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's all pray this prayer together, okay? What's your name? Brookayla. Brookayla, it's wonderful to have you this morning. We're so glad you're here. Amen. Got a little boy back there. Is that your boy? That's your daughter. I'm sorry. Oh, now she turned her around. There she is. What's her name? Alayla. Awesome. Let's all pray with Brookayla this morning. Did I say it right? Yes. All right. Let's pray with Brookayla this morning. Say, Father God, thank you so much for Jesus. I have sinned. I've made mistakes. This morning, Father, I receive your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. He came to the earth. He took my sin upon him. And he rose from the dead. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful love for me. I receive it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more hand. Amen. God bless you. Have Chris Bullock. Amen. Amen. Let's all go out with this powerful confession, okay? Here we go. I am a spirit. I have the mind of Christ. My spirit is made in the image of God. My spirit is not one of fear. I have no fear. I'm never afraid. I have power. I have love. And I have a sound mind. God's perfect love in my spirit, it casts out fear. My past is forgiven. And my future is bright. And Jesus is Lord. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. Amen.